Hey there, Ruby fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Ruby Volume 5, Episode 1, Welcome to Haven. There's a lot of fun stuff to dig into tonight, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I am so excited to finally get the chance to talk about this show again. Back. And with a brand new intro song to rock out to, I'm so, so happy. Mark, thank you so much. Mark, if you're going to do it, commit. I did. We have this on the board. Thanks to Mark. Thank you so much for putting this on. I, I did a lot of things that got taken down. <laughs> so there's that. Let's oh, hope the, yeah. the Rooster Teeth algorithm doesn't take this video down immediately after we're done live streaming. But hello there, Ruby fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Let's not waste any time. Let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Mark Donica. I figured it out. I made it work. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Ruby After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm uh, Mark B. Donica. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. And for those of you that have been asking, and a lot of the RT stars that we know that have been retweeting the video link, uh, we're still working it out. So make sure to go to iTunes and download the audio version of the podcast so that you can hear our discussion about Ruby Chibi, Day 5, so many, so many things. And one of these days, we should do like a spoiler cast of... of yeah, we can oh probably do that. Uh, but anyway, yes. moving on from me. <laughs> and to his left, Stacey Shuttles. Hey guys, I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacey Shuttles. I just gave you, I was going to say, I just gave your Twitter handle. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> and to her left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And Mark, don't feel bad. All the reactors got taken down for this episode as well. Oh, did they? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That This new okay. algorithm is Thank just God. killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, YouTube. <laughs> Although that might be that might be uh, potentially asking for it because yeah, we're currently streaming. We on already Actually, caught it. Um, we I might have, as well. You just gave me an idea. I have to. I have a text to make. Sorry. Oh, dear. <laughs> Please continue. Please but, continue. Yes. Unfortunately, Patrick uh, Dees could not join us tonight. But be sure to follow him on Twitter at P to the D's. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. We are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag R-W-B-Y-A-B-T-V. Katie's got you covered on the live chat for those of you watching live. Um, yeah. Guys. Guys. Okay, so some of us were treated to seeing this in the movie theater on right the big it. screen. Yeah, we were. Uh, so we've had a little bit of time to process Mark not to put you on the spot, but having since uh, since you we we kind of again we've had a little bit more time to process our emotions. How are you doing emotionally speaking, having gotten to see this? Well, uh, we talked we talked about it last week. That's just for dramatic effect. Uh, we talked about it. <laughs> deep breath. Deep not breath. to put you on the spot, but we're putting you on the spot. Not to put you on the spot. Da, but da, go. Da, da, da. Um, <laughs> we so last week we talked a little bit of a preview for uh, uh, how, how we were feeling, and this uh, this is one of the few shows, especially when it comes to animation that I get to watch with my wife because she's Aww. not she's not she wasn't raised with anime she didn't watch Toonami every week she used to watch Sailor Moon but who didn't so uh, so this is a, a, a special moment where we get to watch it and then afterward go <gasps> and, and immediately theorize and, and talk about it so so getting that moment back it was was a, a fun emotional thing but then also there, this was this was heavy. This was a lot. To, yeah. to, it, it was a very good first episode back, but I mean, if if we're starting at twenty twenty two minutes for this season, are we going to forty four next. I would and be have, down with that. Hashtag Rip Kruby. Uh, wasn't so it fourteen? Twelve or fourteen? I thought it was fourteen. So if we have fourteen episodes, and if we assume between ten and twenty minutes, that's a lot. Y'all. It's a lot of That's work, lot. again, for an independent studio who 
we'll dig into it a little, little bit more, but look like they've gone above and beyond this season, guys. It's so pretty. Oh, yes. yeah. It's so pretty. Ladies. It's almost like we're working in Maya now. <laughs> um, ladies, we had, uh, again, the, the privilege to get to see this first volume on the big screen when we went to the Fathom event a couple weeks ago. And we're going to pull that video up right now. No, we're not. Sorry, Steve. No, we're not. Sorry, no, Sorry, Steve. Don't you do that. Give Steve a heart attack. But some, uh, some thoughts on getting having gotten to see this on the big screen. Again, hearing everyone gasp and yell and laugh in unison. Crow going off the couch. We kind of had to rewatch bits of that again when it came out. Just to be like, I missed some dialogue here because I was too busy laughing my rear off with 40 other people. <laughs> We're talking about rears now? Or is butts later? Uh, I feel like butts are later. Butts is later. Butts are later when we get to the butt kicking part. It's, it's a butt. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Stacey? Uh, you know, like Katie said, it's really nice to be surrounded by other fans when we're watching that. And to have it up on the big screen and seeing it in all its glory, I mean. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, especially, and yeah, as, as I alluded to earlier, just with how... The the show has consistently gotten better and better in terms of animation. And with the switch to Maya, that was a huge step up from volume three to volume four. From Poser. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, definitely there's something to be said, and I you know, rest in peace, but one of the things that Monty said about the initial animation system with Poser was that as the animators got more and more experienced with the system, everything would look better and better. And it looks like we're seeing that with the switch to Maya. Like everything just looks so fluid and so smooth and the expressions are so much more pronounced and even just little things like the way Nora's skirt and hair bounce when she goes I'm Nora it's so it's so good guys it's so good and god bless Ruby for putting the bounce physics in the right places instead of focusing like, <laughs> crow's shoulders. Yes. His his crow walk is so way, hashtag he accurate. Walks In like suicide. Mr. Burns. No, he, like, he walks like a crow. Yeah. It's flipping great. <laughs> I gotta watch my mouth. And I mean, and Maya is an animation industry standard, so it's a lot easier to bring people in who have a lot of experience with it and already know, hey, it does this, it does this, it has these tricks, let me show you. So... If slash when they hire more animators, there are more people who already have this skill set, whereas Poser was something that most people had to come in and learn. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's just it's easier for the team because people are walking in with the ability to work with the system already. Yeah. And again, we're really seeing the payoff. All nice. right. Yes. Let's, let's go ahead and start digging into it. Let's talk about our introduction to Haven. A black screen scaring (laughs) us all. (laughs) For a minute there, I thought they were walking through the catacombs, and I immediately was like, no, 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 no. Catacombs are so scary. (laughs) How did we get to this point already? Um, But the second they emerge... It is just gorgeous. First of all, we're treated to some beautiful, like, 2D animation, which is something, is always really cute when they do in Ruby. Especially when, like, again, they're not doing, like, silhouette people. They actually get to do full character. One of the things I loved was that there was a same-sex couple and they had a little heart A bonsai tree girl. It was so pretty. The best. not, Not discounting the animators at all, but having to render crowds like that takes forever mm-hmm, and yes. and while it would be, it's going to be impressive when they have uh the power to do that in a season but right and and it, it'll be one of those next steps that we acknowledge as the show goes on but it was a great way just to see how very uh bossing say after the last ben, airbender and and we talked about it on monday's voltron show that's just the that's the benchmark and yes. and mm-hmm. everybody it's so inspiring for so many different animators and and this felt very bossing no in haven headmaster lionheart has invited you to haven academy i am honored to accept his invitation <laughs> Like the 2D um, animation or the 2D flats, I guess they were for the crowd. Though I do appreciate style changes when we have them, and let's be real, it does look a lot better than just well. There's a bunch of shadow people back I, there. I will like definitely went, take an Attack on Titan style freeze frame. 
Oh, but it didn't, in Attack on Titan, it's like, oh, you can really tell where the animation budget ran out. Here, it's less, oh, we're out of budget, and more, oh, style change. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, so it's it not budget, it's time. So much. Yes. It's just time. Right. Because yeah. I've, I've had so many uh, jobs where I'm staring at a progress bar. Yeah. Just wait, I just want it to be done, but I can't do anything. Rendering takes a it's long awful. It's time. It's awful. I, re- I remember when I was in middle school, I this is a tangent, but I took a um, computer animation, I, I took a computer animation class, and sure enough, in I did- In middle school? In, in middle school. It wasn't, Dang. it wasn't in school, it was like a summer thing that you could do, and I didn't get okay. any credits for it or anything like that. <laughs> it was a thing school did you, you could to? sign up for by paying money. <laughs> but, uh, and of course we had to save them on like these little floppy disk things. <laughs> Wow. Uh, oh, you mean 3D printed save buttons? Yes, I do mean 3D printed save buttons as I crawl under this table feeling extremely old. But I just, I remember I like this very basic animation of like, here's a house with a door in it and a little ball on a stand thing. And we're just going to go around the house and then in through the door and look at the little ornament there. It took forever. It took hours and hours and hours to render, guys. It was ridiculous, and it was like a 12-second thing that had nothing to it. So, yeah, rendering takes forever. Uh, Mecca Soundwave in chat says, rendering equals suffering. You're not wrong. Yep. And God forbid something happened to your video while it is rendered. Oh, God, or the power went out. Oh, no! Uh, Or you get three hours into a four-hour rendering process because you've got a 45-minute video and realize that you forgot to mute the second audio track and you have to start... Over. And, okay, this turned into editor. People are like, "Where are your videos, Katie?" Well, let me tell you. A Got story. real personal. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me give you a hint of something where where I I just want something to be rendered. I cut it up. I cut it up into pieces and then move the pieces apart so that when you're finished with one, you can stop and save. Then you do another, and you can stop and save. And then you just put them all together, and there's no issue because you're not cutting any frames. Try that. Anyway, Ruby. <laughs> anyway, Ruby. So we are introduced to Haven, and as you said, it's a very bossing say sort of city. Yeah. It's very yeah. big. And it was introduced to us in a World of Remnant episode where they were talking about how much of a big, bustling metropolis it is, but with this dark undercurrent that I'm sure we won't get into at all. No, no. Um, but we go to Haven Academy, and everything's quiet. It, the school is completely abandoned by the look of it. And we run into Professor Leo Lionheart. And I wanted to, around the table, let's start with you, Katie. What was Not to in- put you on the spot. Not to put you on the spot, but I'm about to put you on the spot. Initial impressions of Leo Lionheart. I just, I couldn't get past the, oh, he's the cowardly lion. He is so hosed. Like, that's, that was the knee-jerk, oh, honey, you and your cute little duster aren't going to make it out the other side of this season. I mean, he is oh. an experienced huntsman, but when you put it like that, I'm just kind of picturing him going up to a grin going, put him up, put, put him, him up. up. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I think he was presented so heavy-handedly to be, yeah, this character that is just going to get taken advantage of and turn around and, to, you know, be the cowardly lion that I never really expected much from him. So being introduced to him officially didn't really change that that feeling. Yeah. Mark? Oh, God. Uh, I, much to the reference that we just made, I was hoping that he would be a little cartoony. Like, if, if every the show's getting so serious and so serious that we wouldn't lose that comedic edge. And not to, like, the super car- cartoony, like, <laughs> like, and, like none, of, none of that stuff. None of the, like, super, super comedic stuff like that. But if, if he had a little bit of uh, maybe not a clumsy slipping on a banana peel sort of a thing, but if if he had if he had something that I don't know, like there's there's always like if he was like a sad clown type, ah. where it wasn't just his ability, but it's his his ability to make people laugh. But there's there's a reason why he spends so much time trying to make people he's laugh. Secretly he's secretly sad inside, yeah. so he goes to the doctor, and the yeah. doctor says, go see this clown. And no, no, no I, no, I think go to Dr. Watts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the medication is evil. <laughs> and the only On prescription. that note, <laughs> we are keeping this to episode one only. Yeah, oh, at the, but yes. at the end of the episode. I got, I got a little bit too ahead of myself. 
Um, oh, okay, I just wanted to make sure people know, just so we can keep this, uh, the live chat spoiler-free, the Twitter spoiler-free, yes. the comments spoiler-free. My, my apologies, we should have made an announcement at the top of the show. Yes, we are going, as we have in previous seasons, via public release. YouTube so. public release. Yes. Because YouTube technically release. it's still behind a wall by being free on the RT site, but people don't even know that there is an RT site. Exactly. A lot of people, YouTube is their go-to for video streaming. So yes, we are going via YouTube public release as we have in years past. As is the uh, the rules. What also, <laughs> yeah, as the is rule. the rules. Yeah, the rules. Oh, as is community rules as well. <laughs> um, so be cool. Now, yeah, be cool, maybe, maybe this is uh, better reserved for predictions, but does anybody think that there's a slight possibility that Leo's just biding his time so that, because he's obviously, we see from this that he's, and from the end of the last volume that he's being manipulated by Watts um, and by that crew, is there a possibility that he is biding his time until he can find you know, like get word to James or tell he can take Crow aside to where he's when he's not being monitored. Chad has spent the last minute and a half predicting his death, so I'm going to go with probably like predicting methods. How do you want to see this man go out? I'm like, how do you want to see this traitorous coward die? I think my favorite is that or he ends up pulling a Doyle. Because we can't get away from the red versus Aww. blue references, you know? No. I, I can see it's gonna that, It's going to end up though. a glow stick in a jar filled with ashes. Thank you, Neri. I can see him. I don't think he's biding his time, but I can see him desperately taking an opportunity if it arises and then paying dearly for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more than one reason that he got rid of the students and teachers. Because ah. I work in school, and I work year-round, and even when there's no students there over summer break, there's always a program, there's athletics training, there's teachers coming in to clean their classrooms or get started on things, there's administration, like, so it's he, a ghost town, except he, for me! He sees no, what's coming, wrong. and then just immediately runs into the faculty room going, guess what, everybody, in-service days for the next three weeks, go, have fun! In-service still cut. means you have to show up. Well, well, here's the thing. He <laughs> mentions in the conversation that there's stuff happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, huntsmen are out, and, yeah, and faculty right. is out, and presumably student, students are out. Hashtag Team Auburn, I miss you. Uh, but, <laughs> but as the head of the school, it's still his responsibility to have enough people here to protect the school, especially since we know that it is protecting a very powerful artifact. So the fact that he chose to say, hey, these need to go other places... That's not looking at school security. That's him being manipulated. Well, and as a member of a budding evil organization <laughs> that has the school under protection, it's. I think it's less. Uh, it, it's more of uh, the help me eyes of, <laughs> like, of, of being of like afterwards. Maybe Crow thinking about something wasn't right. I know him. This is this is different. Why aren't people here? And being like, able to put we, it together. If we could zoom in on his brain and get his internal monologue, it's just internal <laughs> screaming. <laughs> he, he, no, no, no. He blinks slowly, and it says "Help me" on his eyelids, and then he opens his eyes back up. SOS and Morse code. Yeah. something wrong with your eyes, Leo? <laughs> Crow doesn't know Morse code. He's, he's like, allergies or something. From this situ- from this incredibly suspicious situation and goes, all right, kids, see yourselves to your hotel room. I'm going to go get drunk like the responsible adult I am. Like, no, no, Crow should not be leading this party. Yeah, I was wondering about that because his behavior in that room is really odd, too. And, like, I... I'm not sure if I want to chalk it up to just him being highly uncomfortable being back in Haven in a place he doesn't really... Like, he clearly does not want to be there, or if he kind of thinks something is up and is, like, testing the waters and, you know, they're playing a different game altogether here. Yeah, we don't know exactly, um, and Leo points it out of, like, this is really reckless even by your standards. We don't know how much of exactly a master strategist Crow is. It seemed like that was more of... That seemed like it was more of Ozpin's shtick. But also how paranoid he is and yeah. how how good he is at his job in in back in season three when uh he was talking about being undercover and not getting any messages yeah. it's like well that's because i was doing my job what were you doing so well, he he's he's a type that i think would hold to a specific standard and 
uh, maybe, I mean, we still don't know, but maybe got drunk to throw people off. <laughs> it's to also, leave him alone. It's also possible, too, that, like, he really wants to get this done, not only because time is of the essence, because you never know what the enemy is doing, but because the longer he's staying with his niece and her friends, the more likely it is his semblance is going to take effect and cause them all bad luck. So this is also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just wants to get in and out. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there also could be a part where he just doesn't quite think rationally when it's about his sister, of all things. That's like, true. This is a very, like, there are big things at stake, but as you've pointed out, yeah, this is a personal family affair, above all else. And that's re- that's going to make things real uncomfortable real quick. In a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. I do love that we just immediately get this information about the Spring Maiden. Look, she went missing, this happened, that happened, and by the way, we know where she is. And the audience, who has met Raven once and has gotten some of that information. Everybody gets it's one. Kind of, it's kind of sitting here going, ooh. Well, this is yeah. going to be interesting. And then we get to see, I hope it's her, in the opening with that beautiful tattoo on her arm. Spring. Yeah. Now, yep. now, quick question. Mm. Leo, because uh, he is a headmaster, so it's entirely possible that she was one of his pupils, but... Because a lot of this is a family affair, and again, maybe this is better for predictions, but who do we think Spring is to Leo? Do we think she's a relative, a student, or do we think he's just like, I have to find her because I'm pawns of, like, the evil league of evil? It it feels almost like blood relative status of some sort, a child or grandchild or niece or nephew or cousin several times removed or something. I feel like she is related to him in some capacity. So, you know, you're related to the headmaster and now you have this power and pressure, 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 pressure. (laughs) That that would be enough to freak anybody out since I'm running. Well, yeah. Especially because becoming a maiden isn't necessarily like when they were trying to give it to Pyrrha where they gave her the choice. A lot of times with maidens, Mm. it's not a choice. It just Mm -hmm. sort of comes to you. Pretty much every time with maidens, it's not a choice. I was thinking of that person. Mm -hmm. Bye. Mm -hmm. I I think it it could be something... It doesn't necessarily have to be a relative, but, but maybe... As a result of her being a maiden, it created a relationship, and it's daughter-like, or yeah, so so some sort of a close relationship. Do I blood? Probably not. Okay, that's in my opinion. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't necessarily know that it's blood either. Although it could be a blood relationship because it seems like Spring is a very rebellious kind of flighty that's sort. That's true. So it's either a very heavy sense of responsibility because. He he would be in charge of probably a lot of her training and growing up, and she took off under his watch, I would imagine, or if it was a familial relationship, an even deeper level of, you know, well, that's my niece, daughter, <laughs> granddaughter, and she's been missing for ten years. That would be super. <laughs> that would be super getting to find her. Um, we also find out that the relics actually kind of represent different things, knowledge and destruction, um, creation, creation, yes. and choice, choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting too. It's not just the typical Avatar, Earth, Wind, Fire. As as much as Avatar is fantastic and wonderful, usually yeah. the go-to are those physical types of elements, and we do get that a little bit with the maidens in terms of the seasons. But I thought it was interesting in terms of choice and knowledge and making it tangible, at, like. Not even tangible, but like intangible aspects of life. That we mean. had that laid out in a uh, World of Remnant a few seasons ago, though, talking right. about the creation myth for the world and the Grimm and the whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the two brothers. Yeah, those yes. are what the relics are based off of. Yes. But to know that each of the maidens is tied to one of those relics, that was, I think that was yeah, a new, that was new. And that new was, information. And that was a very interesting one, too, because I wouldn't have tied necessarily spring with knowledge. And or yeah, winter with just, creation. Yeah, uh, it, it makes sense in, like, kind of a cyclical nature mm-hmm. thing, but it's one of those ones where it wouldn't have immediately been my go-to. I would have assumed spring with creation. Right. See, I kind of love summer as destruction because uh, we're in L.A. Well, <laughs> yeah, here in Southern it California. It degrees today. Uh, this is technically <laughs> fall, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 it was, what, 101 <laughs> and it's October 25th? 
What is uh, wrong with you, Los Angeles? <laughs> Mecca Soundwave in chat, who is on fire tonight, says the hidden fifth relic of heart. Who gets the monkey? Uh, maybe, thought, the monkey. maybe it's warriors with silver eyes who their element is heart. That seems to be... Uh, that's a different discussion, I think. Not one for today. Speaking of, mm-hmm. uh, after, after Crow sort of pieces out, we get, the, I think, a really adorable introduction in terms of Ruby meeting Oscar... It's pretty cute and also kind of sad that he, they meet him because he's walking drunk Uncle Crow home. Mm. I mean, I feel like they would have met him eventually anyway, but these are not the most auspicious of circumstances. Like, is Ruby here? Why? <laughs> oh, and they I all think like, her uncle needs help. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> They're all like, what do you want with Ruby? <laughs> I just want to drop off this drunkard <laughs> before he gets arrested. <laughs> he kept yelling her name and like, I, just, I didn't know what to do. Also, the voice in my head wants to say hi. He's also really preoccupied with her. (laughs) I solved this puzzle and now they're, yeah. (laughs) Um, And he gets introduced and um, yeah, Ospin and just like, they don't, nobody gets a chance to react. It's just dead silence and then Uncle Crow just going, I did it! (laughs) Yes, Crow. Really on top sure of you did. Today. And just the full-on Rick and Morty moment of that. Oh. Like, there's really no getting around that one. <laughs> I am 100% down for it. Um, but yeah, any any final thoughts on um, Team Ruby's side of things in this episode? I feel like they kind of got taken for a ride a little bit. Like, there's, there's still layers of things that they don't know. Like, I, I caught them up. I caught them mostly up. They're only a few steps behind. Also, it's a family matter, even though most of you are not related to my family. So, uh, sorry about that. And, like, we have enough information to get here, but not (coughs) enough information to make the kind of informed choices that they're going to need to make. Yeah, I feel like, again, Crow's not the best teacher, so... Paulina Gallegos in chat a little while ago pointed out the horrifying uh, memory that Crow used to be a teacher once, and I still just kind of sit there and go, God. No, he's, Why didn't he teach? Defense Against the Dark Arts? No, he's a, he's a teacher that would show up in sunglasses and like, all right, we're watching a movie today. <laughs> Sort of a thing. Yes, Professor Aizawa. That's why teachers show videos? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly why. Honestly, Um, he probably taught combat. Hands on. Yeah. If anything. It's probably the only thing he could tolerate. He taught rubies. Stacey, any final thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I agree. They... They were not very in control of the situation. No. It was kind of like, we're on a roller coaster now. It was a lot of reacting to what was going on around them and like grasping for Charles. Like, we made it to Haven. Oh my God, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> we had a whole season where we had agency and we were doing our own thing. And oh, son of a. Oh, <laughs> now, now. now that grown ups are here, we're reminded about how incompetent grown ups are. I forgot how many problems grown-ups cause. Which is so interesting, because in the last volume, we saw how much of children they still were, you know, and how much they still had to learn in some of these bigger battles that they had to fight, and now we're looking at it, and it's like, no, no, they've got it together way no, more no, no, than no, no, most no, the grown-ups are adults. a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second, rethink what in we Crow's thought we case, knew. literally a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and switch gears. I had some final thoughts. Go, go for it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody was talking, and I was I'm trying sorry. to be nice. You're off the spot, uh, you don't get it anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so I think that because of all that Ruby team, well, Team Ranger went through, uh, with the last season, this is going to be a season of them sitting in a room while stuff happens around them. Uh, we uh, we don't necessarily God, know not. exactly what they're going. We don't need it. I was um, joking about the video. We're, um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a lot of them reacting to things in the city, and there might be some be some action in the last couple of episodes. Whereas with all three of our other characters, this ep- or the rest of Team Ruby, this episode, we know. Excuse me. That's what you're doing this season. That's what you're doing this season. That's what you're doing this season. Where with this, it's it was literally here. Figure out something to do with this when when Oscar shows up. Yeah, I I take this child. <laughs> I feel like a, yeah, a lot of this uh, season could, in terms of Team Ruby's sort of side of things, is definitely going to be like gathering information and getting not only Team Ruby caught up 
on what's actually happening in the world, but also getting the audience caught up. To be like, we're going to do some world building. Sit down, kids. This is It's story time again. Mm-hmm. Although, let's be real, somewhere in his heart of hearts, Jean is looking at Oscar and going, I am no longer the least experienced person on this team. Oh, <laughs> yes! I, don't know. I can teach instead of getting schooled. In the opening, he's real quick to turn that cane around. Uh, like a baseball bat. <laughs> He's trying. He's doing his best. That's what he does. Um, He knows how to work farm implements. There's not a ton to talk about, but um, in terms of Weiss's story, um, we see her... Uh, there was a little bit, you know, we we got the Weiss short, um, which informed a little bit of backstory, and also we know she's heading um, to, I believe it's Mistral as well, Yeah, um, yes. and she's like chatting with this guy who's like, you know, cargoing her uh, along with a, a, you know, he got paid to do it. So he's avoiding all this air traffic. So he's trying to get what I assume is also to Haven in like the most least conspicuous way possible. And they hear a distress signal on the radio and his decision is, yeah, we're not going anywhere near that. (laughs) And you can tell Weiss is struggling with that a little bit. Do you guys think that that that's kind of an informed character choice as to where she is right now because we know that if she had the choice, she would go and help. Um, and but- it would completely dash her chances of getting in undetected. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a bigger picture sort of thing, and it's a little heartless, but if this is your goal, you can't do that. But it's also very much tied into what she's trying to escape. This is a choice right here, and someone else has made it for her just like she's just like has happened with her entire life right now. Is mm-hmm. this a potential turning point for Weiss? Where I mean I, I have expected her to be like, uh oh, yeah, no, I'm gone by and just Just know. peace. Yeah. <laughs> just like glyph her way to whichever <laughs> the signal was. I would not have been surprised. <laughs> Go ahead. And she had a she had a briefcase, so I mean she probably has some dust in there. I'm I'm actually pretty surprised that she decided to go along with it. I feel that she like just kind of was like, okay. Mm-hmm. For one, they picked it up on a wavelength, but we don't know how far away they are, so she mm-hmm. may not have been able to make it or even know what direction she's supposed to go. For another, I feel that this is it is someone else making the choice, but it's not oh, I'm I'm making the choice for you because you're my daughter and therefore my property. It's you are on my ship. I am the pilot. These are the rules. You paid and that. Yes. Was, you right. paid me to get you to, from point A to point B. That's what I'm doing. And if we go and get involved in this, not only do we get caught, but we put our lives in danger. Like, if you want to reach your end goal, we can't deviate. I feel like that's a good. I feel like that's a good way of putting it. Um, any final thoughts uh, for Weiss? It was it was a really brief scene again. It was her introduction. season introduction. <laughs> it was just the introduction this season. Little taste. I think um, I covered it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I do think that because a lot of Team Ruby is heading in the same direction, and we'll talk about this a little bit more with Yang as well, I feel like it's not going to take too much longer before the team gets back together, but that's just, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. Um, but yeah, on that note, let's switch it over to Yang. Uh, because Yang, as we as kind of a weird turnaround, because we all were like, yeah, she's totally going to meet up with Ruby. There's no way she's going to meet with, no, she's going to meet Oops. with Raven. Yes. And we find that out at this dual-purpose gas station slash bar, which seems really irresponsible to me. Welcome to the Anybody, wild. Welcome to Mistral. Anybody yeah. else feel like it's really irresponsible for it to be a dual-purpose gas station and bar? I feel like people just kind of come in and take a load off for a little while, spend an hour or so, and you can do a drink and sober up in an hour. I'm just saying it's a dual-purpose gas station and bar. Why does a gas station have a liquor license, But did did you see the lift poster that was on the wall? (laughs) No. That's how how they get away from it. That's that's (laughs) the thing. They're like, hey, we're not liable where you can call a cab. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, My my favorite thing about this scene was how we... I didn't think we would be able... I say we... I didn't think that, that they would be able to mine as much content from the Goldilocks story that that they have. And we're at season five and we're still making Goldilocks <laughs> jokes and it was really working. Really working. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, 
was just very right. happy to see Yang ping pong a man off a ceiling and out the door. And, like, yeah. and there goes Ooh. Clifford Chaplin. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, <laughs> he literally bounces out the door. Bye. <laughs> Um, but I, I have to say, personally, I was very surprised to find out that she was heading towards Raven and not Ruby. Did that surprise anybody else? Well, I want to hear why first. Because at the end of last volume, um, we saw her go confronted mm-hmm. with a fork in the road, and it looked like just the way the shot was framed, like she was very clearly going towards Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um that means nothing, and we brought this up when we were making our predictions last season. You know, you could easily turn around, or it could have just easily been a poor framing choice. No, but choice why well. are you happy that, that she's going to see oh, Raven? I'm not happy about it. I'm surprised. Okay. I'm surprised because Raven doesn't necessarily seem to be the most reasonable at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with it, again, if it means it's a converging point for Team Ruby. I mean, mm-hmm. if she's going after Raven at the same time Crow and Ruby are, then hey, family reunion, and it's not at all awkward. <laughs> I just Fine. feel like, you're my daughter. You get one. Is a really bad parenting policy. <laughs> and that's Raven for you. <laughs> that's so Raven. Oh, no. What just happened? Uh, you knew it was going to happen. Oh, I didn't. Saw it as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh no. I can't see into the future oh, like hey. Raven came. Uh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm not. That was great. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, this ruffian who... Is literally yeah. is literally credited in the in the credits as shady, shady man. Guy. Yeah, shady guy. It's accurate. Um, he says that he can. Oh, you're looking for someone, you know, insinuating that he knows where she can find Raven. I it feel like it's pretty obvious. This is a trap, right? It has to be a trap. Either it's a trap, or he is just lying through his teeth, or Venn diagram overlap. Or, I mean, he he has a lot more space to lie through said teeth. This is because also true. Yeah. Yeah. More gaps there. Gone. I don't think it's necessarily. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily a trap. But I'm sure ever since uh, the the meeting between Crow and Raven last season, that Raven's like, all right, we got to keep on our guard yeah. for something. And they sort of sent some people out a little bit to keep an eye just on the world and then report back. I mean, it's entirely possible he's an associate or a customer. Oh, or, sure. Sure, or sure, a sure. Henchman. Yeah. <laughs> but, but not necessarily specifically to do anything other than keep an eye out. I mean, maybe he is just really into Yang and he's like, you know what? I like your style, Missy. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you to the end to, of the year. To take, so, to take something for you. I like your moxie, kid. I like your moxie, kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's. Although it's interesting that the gas station attendant is basically like nothing really goes on here except for the bandits. We don't talk about the bandits. <laughs> there are no bandits in Bossing City. <laughs> I get. I, I think it kind of ties into just all of Mistral and Haven as a whole. Just again that that whole. It's big. It's metropolitan, and there is this undercurrent that is just not discussed. You just let it be. Well, every big city has that. Mm-hmm. Let's be completely real. <laughs> yeah, but even on the outskirts, yeah. where apparently it's really hard to maintain protection on your borders, and that's where huntsmen die. <laughs> I feel like huntsmen also die in cities, and pretty much just wherever Grimm show up. Uh, just out of, uh, this is a complete aside, kind of going back to the uh, the Leo talk that we had. He talked about what it was like at uh, in Haven when um, when Beacon fell, and I kind of wanted to get from you guys. Would based on his description, would you guys like to see little vignettes of like? All different parts of Remnant. Like, where were you when it happened? Why do so, you even need to ask that? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Nothing positive can come from that. <laughs> no, like, but mentally. it would be interesting to see all of these characters that we've met now in all of these different regions, and we've mm-hmm. established in World of Remnant that there's very different cultures in each one. Seeing, okay, 
what happened when this occurred. Just seeing right. how the different people deal dealt with it, how the different yeah. factions dealt with it. In the comments below, link us to your fan fiction of your OCs and where they were when Beacon fell. I love it. Don't you do that? <laughs> I believe we call that opening the floodgates. Yes. Come at me, yo. They're wide open. <laughs> um, okay, let's switch gears back down to Menagerie. Blake's short, I think, was the best out of all of the shorts that we got leading up to this volume. It the most. Yeah. It, did. it did. It did. It gave us so much in terms of backstory and character insight. And here we do uh, Sun and Gira just being on the same level. All sorts of adorable. That oh. made me ridiculously <laughs> happy. At least you can agree on something. Aww. We're friends now. Don't, you, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Don't speak to me or my monkey son ever again. <laughs> we will reach that point. I guarantee it. <laughs> Um, but we do get a scene between Ilya and Blake, and I want to kind of gauge your guys' thoughts. Is Ilya redeemable? Is she, is, is it possible that we can get a turnaround for this character? Or is she, is she in too deep? It depends on how deep she is. And what choices she makes. Because we got her backstory. We've seen what she's done so far. And then we have an inkling from this episode here. Like, just leave. Your plan's not going to work. She knows something. If she can say it with that much confidence. We have mm. no idea what it is. But she knows something. And the, que- the, the question is going to be, what does she do with that knowledge? What decisions does she make? Because I'd say she is... But it depends on the path she takes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she does get redeemed. I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't. Stacy? Yeah, she's been kind of ping-ponging all over the place, uh, you know, as far as motives and her attitudes towards thing, or towards, you know, life and towards others. And so I think we've got this interesting point. She harbors this deep hatred for, you know, the non-Fonis, but it, you know, she also wants to protect her own kind. So if the white fan kind of starts shifting and becoming uh, violent against her own kind. We might that might motivate her to shift, but uh, I don't know if we can get rid of that deep seated hatred so easily. I mean, she was very pleased that she punched their teeth out. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, she she. There's a lot of righteous anger there. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on where you want to uh, direct it. Mark, uh, I. I think it, it, regardless, it'll be good to have a window into the White Fang that isn't entirely just a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a yeah. red-haired jerk, not to be specific. Um, though we haven't seen much from from Adam in quite some time, I think being able to have a more uh, identifiable, relatable character. Yeah, in the sympathetic. White Fang. For sympathetic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is at least for this first part of the the season I think that's the the purpose she's going to serve and depending on how that goes and depending how the white fang evolves we'll we'll see how that affects her. Yeah, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Malachroma uh who is on top of uh their game as always with a that's so raven photoshop. <laughs> God bless. Absolutely beautiful. It's yes. kind of fantastic. Nice. You work so fast. I thought that Malacroma. was slime. It's just a floral print. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. I didn't watch the show. I didn't either. You know what? It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I did. It wasn't me. It wasn't you? It wasn't me. (laughs) Uh, We we should keep going. We should should keep going, yes. Now that we pulled ourselves out of the 90s and early 2000s. Now, kind of to pivot, because, again, we, we have a lot of insight on Ilya that we didn't, you know, in the previous volume. Now, to kind of pivot with that, in the short, Blake let her go. Is Blake eventually going to be pushed to the point where she can't do that anymore? Probably. But again, I'm, I'm going to say it comes down to the choices that Elia makes. Stab or kiss. <laughs> and kind oh? of... <laughs> Depends on how you like it. Judges. No, those does. Hey, we ship Bumblebee in this studio. You wrote a song about it. Or it was included in a song at one point. Yeah, it was part of one. (laughs) Go watch our Cam Camp after show. Stacy? 
Oh, well, I I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of inevitable uh, unless we do get this this development with Elia where she does turn and, you know, decides to make different choices with the information that she has. Uh, otherwise, yeah, they're heading towards a showdown. Yeah, Please clap so. and chat says, fight, 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 kiss, kiss, kiss. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it'll alternate, it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll always welcome show. references to other Rooster Teeth properties. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and kind of tied into that as well because of everything going down in Menagerie. I'm hoping that Weiss and Yang and Ruby will be reunited very quickly. Blake being so far removed from everything, in my opinion, probably won't be included in that anytime soon. Thoughts? It would pro if, if there was, it would probably have to be like uh uh let's take a couple of references, like a portal gun esque. Or uh, like a, a highway this past of- season of Game of Thrones. We just travel now. Best travel. And it takes well, no time so, at all. some sort some sort of Raven portal. sword can do that. Oh. So so there there and, and I don't know and I, I don't know if it's just from life but uh, uh the sort of uh world of darkness from Kingdom Hearts sort of a thing where you just <laughs> you just show up and leave whenever you want and it's just a big purple circle I so like some that. something that can that can get her to where they need to be or yeah portal technology <laughs> I like it yeah Fair. Uh, and, and especially with the plotline they've introduced for her. I mean, she has motive. She has a reason to stay where she is. Mm-hmm. So I really she has can't to fight see, for. Yeah, I really can't see anything that is going to bring her back to Team Ruby anytime soon, uh, especially if they're still so disconnected as far as communications go. If, if they can't talk to each other about what's going on, yeah. she has no reason to really leave what she's trying to do here. Pretty sure none of them even know where she is right now. She well, just kind of now took... that I'm thinking about the portal sword, I think that's going to be the thing that happens. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, Yang steals Sorrel. it from Raven and just, like, pokes her head into Mistral and it's just, or Menagerie, and it's just like, hey, Blake, come on, <laughs> time to go! <laughs> time to go! I'm picking you up! We're doing a team thing! And just grabs her. <laughs> Be great, but of oh, that would be so great. It's more suited for Chibi than uh, the actual show, but still wonderful. I mean, there's always Ruby Chibi next mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, I but I feel like that would be you? open for a terminal velocity joke mm-hmm. in Ruby like, Chibi. I got, going to look. I got all the way to like February and then didn't see anything. Yeah, what? like I don't think we have we've gotten anything for the season yet. I think it's because uh, sorry, folks. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We are currently looking at the iTunes to see if we have any iTunes shoutouts uh, to give since we went off the uh, air last time. And we actually did get one or two questions on Twitter, and we want to go ahead and address that right now um, because people were having problems finding Ruby After Show uh, in the iTunes Store. That's because we announced it though. We did, and that video was taken down. <laughs> no, 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 before that, we announced it in we the did. Camp Camp video. We did, that's that's been, true. That's but been our pinned tweet for months. I, I concur, but not everybody who watches Ruby watches Camp Camp. Or should. follows our Twitter. But you really and, should. All of the above. And mm-hmm. everything. And watch Camp Camp. But, but you are right. Nothing new since February. Mm-hmm. So, folks... For those of you, uh, for those of you who are listening on iTunes, uh, you might have noticed that it's actually located in under a new name, and that's under Rooster Teeth Reviews. As, as you say, iTunes, <laughs> and I point visually. Yep, right there. What an ass! <laughs> oh, this is the wrong one, by the way. Fantastic. That's that's okay. Hello? It's all yep. it's all under the the Rooster Teeth Reviews umbrella. Um, basically, we turned our Ruby. Uh, after show feed into the Rooster Teeth reviews feed. So guys, if you are looking for the Ruby after show on iTunes, you have to type in Rooster Teeth reviews Mm -hmm. for After Buzz. And that's where it's located. And that's where you can comment and let our producers know just how much you like the show that we're putting on here. Um, And guys, next time for sure, we will give iTunes shoutouts for anybody uh, who leaves it. I know that switching feeds and names probably isn't a great indicator for... But New also, comments, also but this yeah. is this is going to be the place where all of the Rooster Teeth podcasts live. So yep. our general show, which we started out last week, our Camp Camp show, if Crunch Time ever returns. Apparently, the X Ray and Bab show, which we've announced <laughs> is coming back for season three. Uh, uh, Red versus Blue, everything. Uh, it's going to live here. So make sure you're subscribed, whether you like that stuff or not. And if you don't, mm, expand your horizons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, Rooster Teeth. It's 
got a lot of great content, and we love to talk about it. So, sadly, we are... We quick. We have one more good comment from chat that's food for thought, I'd say. Uh, BG Titan Avatar says, Blake has reason to stay in Menagerie, but we learned in a previous volume that White Fang headquarters was in Mistral, so Mm. she'd have to head there eventually. I mean, mean, eventually. Mm -hmm. If something major happens with the White Fang. Good point. I don't know what that could be, but yeah, that's a good point. Portal sword. Portal sword. Portal sword. All right. um, We did spend a lot of this episode making predictions about the future, so we're going to go ahead and skip predictions and just wrap it on up for the evening. Real quick, we're not serious about X-Ray and Bad Feet. No, it's a joke. We were joking. We were joking. This was a prototype behind us, and I said an updated one, but the studio's busy. I love you, Steve. (laughs) Neither here nor there. Um, Anyway, guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in. It is great to be back. We are going to be back next week because this show is weekly now. Thank you guys so much. Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I have five weekly shows at this point. Most of them are animated. I talk about them on Twitter. Find the information there. I'm Stacey Shuttles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram or Twitch at Stacey Shuttles. I'm also part of a show Monday nights here called Inventory Full, where we talk video games and video game news. Uh, follow us on Inventory Full PT on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. Uh, we stream regularly too, so check us out playing some games. Yup, and you played golf it last night, right? I played golf it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a it's a damn good time. We yeah, talked man. all about TwitchCon last week, and I'm going to uh, hold this like a brandy sifter Please occasionally do. now this season. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter <laughs> at MarkBDonica. Follow the team at ABTV Rooster Team, uh, as well as make sure to go onto iTunes and check out last week's general episode. We're going to be doing those intermittently throughout the year. Uh, and we're v- I got an idea of how to put the video back online that doesn't involve YouTube. So uh, why don't you just follow ABTV Rooster Team for more information uh, and watch Voltron from last night, because that was a damn riot. Oh my gosh, it was so fun, guys. Megan? Um, last yeah. night? It's Wednesday. <laughs> Two nights it's ago. It's been a year. <laughs> um, uh, be sure to also follow years. Patrick at P to the D's on Twitter. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz. I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I was also on the Scare Guy on Monday night. And uh, be sure to also check out the Shadow Radio where do the voice of Marco Lane. Anyway, thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Dust you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.